So, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for our brother John. We bless you for your servant, and we give you glory that he's here to deliver your word. Let your anointing, O oh dear Lord, rest upon him, that the truth shall proceed forth, as your voice, O oh dear Lord, comes forth through him. And as your word has said, we shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. So let that anointing, O oh dear Lord, of the truth proceed, O oh dear Lord of God, and go ahead, that, Lord God, yokes will be broken. And we shall experience the liberty of your presence, even as your spirit moves in this place, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's great to be here again, and good afternoon to all of you. Before I start, if you'd just like to stand up. Yeah, I was just making sure I was the tallest one here. You can all, you can all sit down there. I was just mindful that you've been sitting here for one and a half hours. You play football match in that. And thank you. And if you're a London team, you'd lose that football match as well. But that's another thing. It's great to be here. And to know that the Lord is present. It says in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will birth or bring forth a son. And you will call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. And so this was done that it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is God with us. Amen. Amen. Emmanuel, God with us. You know, Christmas is a time of receiving gifts and as Christians we are privileged to be recipients of great and precious and bountiful gifts of God and the greatest gift of course is his son Jesus Christ for God so loved the world he gave 
His only begotten Son. He gave the best. He emptied heaven's banks and treasury to give his best. The Lord Jesus Christ. And in Christ we have all the goodness and all the blessing and all the graciousness of God encapsulated in the person of Jesus Christ. If you have Christ, you've got everything that God can offer you. If by faith you open it up and embrace it and enjoy it in the name of the Lord. A gift from God, the Lord Jesus Christ. The greatest gift. And it says in James, doesn't it? James chapter 1. One of my favourite verses. It says, no. Let me see. Yep. It says, for every good and perfect gift is from above. And comes down from the Father of lights. Not only does the Lord give us a free gift, He gives us a good and perfect gift. That's what perfect is. It's exactly what we need. It's something which fits the bill. It's fit for purpose. There's nothing lacking. Nothing can be added. It is the sum of everything we need. And want. Perfect. Can't get better. Now I don't know about you. But sometimes at Christmas. I've had gifts which. Aren't quite perfect. <laughs> Not something I needed. And often. Something I didn't want. I remember one Christmas. I was in Singapore. My dear wife is from Singapore. And we were there at a Christmas time. And we went to a church meeting. And it was a Saturday afternoon. Special Christmas meeting. About 200 people to go. And they said everybody who comes must bring a present with them. Buy something in the shops. Wrap it up as good as you can. And bring it to the Christmas party. So we got there. And they said the program's going to last two hours. And what you've got to do is pass your present to the first person you meet. And then throughout the night, you will pass and receive, pass and receive. So hopefully, throughout the night, maybe you passed and received a hundred different presents. But when the bell goes after two hours... Whatever's in your hand is yours. Whoa, that's not too bad, is it? I walked into the party the first minute. I met a dear friend called Richard. He's with the Lord now, in a better place. He said, John. I said, yeah. He said, this is my present. He said, don't let go of this tonight. <laughs> This is the best present I could have bought. I said, okay. He said, now don't forget. Don't pass this present on. I picked it up and I held it. I held it tight. 
For two hours, I held that present tight. People would come up with a smile on their face, ready to take the present, and I would scowl at them. <laughs> and they would back off. In the end, after an hour or two, I found a seat in the corner so nobody could creep up behind me and grab that present from me because I thought to myself, I've got the best present in the party. I went home that night. What was it? I ripped the package open. And what did I see? Plastic beach slippers. <laughs> Flip-flops. Ladies. Plastic beach slippers. Pink ladies beach slippers. It was a tragedy. I couldn't sleep that night. I thought, how many Rolex watches? <laughs> Chanel 5. Autographed Liverpool football shirts. That I bypass. Well, the good news is that God is not a giver of pink ladies' beach slippers. Unless... You're in great need of one. Maybe our brother at the back who led the worship would, would appreciate such things. But the good thing is that in Christ, God has given us exactly, abundantly above anything we could dare to hope or imagine that we'd ever get on this side of eternity. Paid up front. Ours. To be received. By faith. And it said that the Lord Jesus Christ. The great gift from heaven. Was Emmanuel. Just think of that. Emmanuel. That Jesus came to be God. With us. God. With us. Remember that. That in Christ God was fully present. For the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelleth in my Lord. Jesus said to Philip. Philip if you have seen me. You've seen the Father. For it was in Christ that God ushered himself. Onto the stage of planet earth. In person. Before that he spoke in visions. Even to angels. It was only through Christ. That God met us. Face to face. And that's the message we want to talk about. Today. That God in Christ. Is fully present. And with us. If we are believers. In Jesus Christ. You see when God made Adam and Eve. Back in Genesis. He made them to enjoy their presence. Our dear sister 
quoted E.M. Bounds, who was a great theologian on the subject of prayer. And our dear sister said that E.M. Bounds spoke about Christians who should have a yearning for divine communion. And that's good, isn't it? That every person has a God-shaped hole in their life which only the presence and communion of God can ever fill. And the good news that God has stepped in to fill that gap, to bring his presence and communion into our heart. And the gospel is not so much that a man or a woman has a yearning for communion with God. Because we need that. We're lost without that. We're empty without that. Not surprising we crave God. The gospel confounds us and shakes us and staggers us because it says that God yearns for the communion of us. Think of that. Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 3. While Adam and Eve were listening to the serpent and doubting God's goodness and turning their ears away from the word of God who suddenly harboured dark thoughts about God's best intentions for them. Why was God withholding the best fruit? Did he fear that we would be like him? Did God have an agenda keeping the best from us? And as they sunk into sin, as they lost their confidence and trust and faith and dependence on God, and they slunk into the bushes because God was coming. They could no longer abide his holiness. They could no longer face his righteousness in guilt and shame. They cowered in the trees. And God came walking out. Adam, Adam, I've come for your company. I've come for your friendship. I've been waiting today for the cool of the evening so we could walk together in friendship and fellowship. That was God's intention. It was the last thing that Adam and Eve wanted. And that's the human heart. If we are honest, those of us who are Christians, we struggle to pray, we struggle to open the Bible. We do not have a natural yearning for the presence of God. And if we depended on us having a deep enough yearning for God to go on with him, well, we're finished. On our best day, five minutes prayer, a reading or two before we rush off for something else. But the good news of grace is that our Christian life 
and the blessings and favour of God showered on us depend not one iota on your faithfulness, on my prayerfulness. It depends everything on Emmanuel, God with us, who yearns for your salvation, who yearns for your communion, who yearns for your friendship, who is here to meet with you and embrace you and enjoy you. That's the gospel. And all we need is a great need and a little faith. And God will do the rest. So Emmanuel, God with us. So Christ came to deal with sin. To put right as the second Adam. The fall, the sin, the chasm. That separated and divorced man from God. To bridge that gap that no religion and no self-righteousness could ever bridge. Christ did it. For us. On the cross. And he came to be God with us. And if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we doubt our own self-righteousness, if we doubt our own ability to please God, but rather believe that God is satisfied with his beloved Son, in our place and in our stead, we are born again. The children of God. And that relationship that God enjoyed with Adam and Eve before they fell is the relationship which we have in Christ. Only better. Because it relies not on our obedience, but on the obedience of Christ, which never failed. So, we have the presence of God with us. What does that mean? Remember when God said to Joshua, when Joshua was appointed to succeed Moses, God came in Joshua chapter 1 verse 5 and he said, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you, Joshua. I will not leave you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. And if God said that to a man in the Old Testament dispensation of law. Then how much more does it apply for us. Who are children of the dispensation of the new covenant of grace. We are born by the spirit. Joshua wasn't. We are children of God. A new creation fashioned in the image of God. Bearing the likeness of his son. The presence of the Father is forever with us, his children. So God's promise is this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what our circumstances are, no matter how dark, no matter how anxious, no matter how worried we may be, God is present and our circumstances can never change the presence and the promise of God who says I will not leave you 
nor forsake you. And the devil will try and shake you from that truth. And we must hold it in these last days. As the world steers away from God by the spirit of Antichrist. But you know, there are times if we're honest, that we say, yes, I'm a believer. Yes, I I hunger and thirst for God. Yes, I, I come to church. I want to be fruitful. I want to be used of God. I want to hear his voice in the scriptures. I want the communion of the Father on earth. But there are times in my life where God seems so far away. When there seems to be little experience that he actually is with me. And it's for those times which come often in the Christian life. That we have to hold on to the promise that my saviour Jesus is forever Emmanuel. God with us and God with me. Never let that be shaken. The presence of God in your life. You see, there are times in the Christian life where God doesn't seem to be near. Remember King David in Psalm 23. He said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death... I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Sometimes in the Christian life, like David, we can be following the good shepherd, as David was, the sheep. Now, in Psalm 23, it says, He leads me in paths of righteousness for my name's sake. And there that path of righteousness led through a valley. No longer on the hilltops. No longer in the sunshine. No longer in the warmth. But suddenly David as a sheep in following God the good shepherd. Found himself in a a lowly place. A place of shadows. And the air was cold and there were enemies all around him and yet he was following God this was God's path and yet he found himself in a place full of shadows a low deathly place where enemies surrounded him but David by faith said I will fear no evil for you are with me And there may be times in our Christian life and maybe for some of us here today we find circumstances not to be up there but down there. Not to be bright but dark. Not to be full of friendship and warmth but rather surrounded by enmity and hostility where the presence of God doesn't seem so real anymore. And yet... We have a heart for God. We're about his business. Why does God take us through the valleys? Sometimes. 
Well, the clue is given at the end of Psalm 23. (coughs) Psalm 23 ends where God's goal is. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That the good shepherd always leads us in paths of righteousness into the heart and embrace and the home of God. And God takes us the shortest route into his presence and into his embrace. And sometimes it goes through a valley because it's the shortest route to blessing and favour and the home of God. So let us not despise these low, dark paths that God takes us through, but rather... Recognize it's a shortcut into his blessing and warmth and light and power. So no matter how dark it may be, just remember the Lord is with you. I will fear no evil for you are with me even in that dark, lowly place. So take heart if you're a believer who is struggling, doubting God's presence, though you have a heart to follow him. He is with you. But sometimes in our Christian life, we find ourselves in these dark places, these lowly places, these places of death. And hostility. Not because God has led us there. But because we've gone there ourselves. That as sheep we've wandered off. Like the prodigal son. We've gone and we've gone as far as we can. From the house of the father. And maybe the one or two of us here today. Who are here in body, but our spirit and our heart, far from God. You've forgotten how to pray. Forgotten what it means to open the scriptures and hear the voice of God speaking of his love and his grace to you. People are singing songs of the cross and goes right over your head. You've lost the presence of God. And it's not because God has led you there. Because you've wandered over weeks and months and maybe years. And is there hope? Well, in the gospel there is always hope. King David again. He said this. Psalm 139 verse 8. If I ascend up into heaven you are there. Well David had great experiences of the mountaintops of spirituality. He'd fought Goliath. He'd had great victories. He'd led people, his people Israel into great battles over the Philistines. He danced before the ark of God in triumph in Jerusalem. He'd heard God said, you're a man after my own heart. 
I tell you, David had a testimony of the high mountaintops of God's experience and presence. Yes, I know the mountains and you are there. But also he said in the same verse, But if I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there also. No other religion on this planet will say that a holy God descends into the depths of our hell. There was David, the great man of God, a man after God's own heart, chosen, handpicked by God, lusting after Bathsheba, full of envy and covetousness. He had everything, but he wanted more. He couldn't have, so he planned the murder and deceit, premeditated, Until he had, at the price of blood on his hands, the thing that he should not have had, which he took. He made his bed in hell. On the old saying, isn't it? Well, you've made your bed, you've got to lie in it now. But the gospel says different. No matter how far we've dropped in our spiritual life, no matter how far we have fallen from the glory of God, no matter how far we've strayed from His presence, no matter how much we're hiding ourselves in the fig trees of Eden from the presence and the glare of God, we hear God calling, Adam, John, Where are you? And he comes and finds us. Though I make my bed in hell. You are there. Thanks be to God. That the gospel is about a good shepherd. And not good sheep. It's a good shepherd. That goes out into the night. Into the darkness of the mountains. Leaves the safety and comfort of glory in heaven. Steps into the turmoil and anger of this world. And seeks that one lost sheep. And in finding it doesn't browbeat it. Doesn't shout at it. He picks it up. Carries it on his shoulders. And where does he take that sheep? Not back to the fold. He took it home. And if you're in a hell of your own making today. Through sin and disobedience and doubt. And the devil is saying well that's it. You've ruined it. There's no hope for you. God's given up on you. Hear this. A good shepherd. Is reaching down. Into your hell. And will pick you up. And carry you home. Though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For you are with me.
Amen? Amen. So as we face this new year, let us be confident of one thing. Not in our finances, not in our resources, not in our vision, not in our location. Though these are good, the one thing we have that the world does not have is the presence of God with us. And as we go out as church and as the people of God in this community, in this city, in this nation, in this world, in this coming new year, we go in the presence and the power and the protection and the provision of God who is with us, who is in us, who is for us. Amen. 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 It was by the presence of God that the Israelites saw Egypt and Pharaoh crumble. It was with the presence of God that the Red Sea opened. It was with the presence of God that those same waters drowned the powers of Egypt. It was by the power and presence of God that the walls of Jericho fell down. It was by the presence of God that one small slingshot caused Goliath to fall. It was the presence of God. And if we believe it, and if we embrace it, and our hearts too have a yearning for divine communion that matches in part God's heart and yearning for our communion, that we will go out as a community in the presence of God and we will see walls come tumbling down. We will see rivers open and we will see giants fall. For God is with us. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor John. Um, that was thank you for the word. It's such an encouragement that really. <laughs>